good morning. Welcome once again to According to the Scriptures. My name is Kyle Webb, and I serve as the minister for the Mars Hill Church of Christ that meets in Christiana, Tennessee. Now, thank you once again for joining us. Before we get into our program, I want to remind you, if you've not already done so, to visit our website at www.marshillcoc.org. Again, marshillcoc.org. And we have a great deal of information about the congregation. You can read about our history. You can read about the things that we're doing now. And uh, especially there are some links on there from the very front page. You see uh, quick links at the bottom of that page. And uh, we have quick links to everything for this week, including um, last week's According to the Scriptures. Uh, that will, Lord willing, be updated tomorrow. And uh, I also do a Noontime Nuggets on Facebook. And so you can check that out. All of that is linked to our website. And if you go to the links page, there is also a uh, portion of it that is devoted to this program, according to the scriptures. And this is also stored as a podcast. And so you can listen to it through Apple Podcasts. And there is a link on the website to do so. And, um, and also other ways that you can listen uh, or to, to watch our worship services. Uh, whatever way that you might uh, be, be helped by that, uh, there's a great deal of information. Again, that is marshillcoc.org. And also at the bottom of the front page, there is a link to send us a message. And you can contact us. You can send us. Uh, basically, it comes out as an email. And so you can contact us that way. Or you can email me personally at bkwebweb five one nine at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Questions, comments. Uh, again, if there's any way that we can help you, please feel free to contact us uh, and we would uh, be happy to hear from you uh, in some capacity. Our lesson for today continues what we discussed last week. We are discussing underdogs of the Bible and we're in the sixth lesson in that series, and this is part two of that sixth lesson, and we began discussing Peter, the rock. We also know that Peter was not always a rock. There are certain times in his life where he was far from being a rock, but we know that Peter did some great things. He became a great hero, and he is one that, that I think most all of us look up to in some way or another. I've heard many people say that they identify more with Peter than with anyone else in the scriptures because we are told not only of the great things that he did, the good things that he did, but we're also told of many of the, the shortcomings that he had in his life. We, we learned that he was very impetuous, so to speak, he uh, was always the first to speak in any situation, uh, it seems like, and that wasn't always a good thing. Sometimes he spoke before he thought. But there are many great lessons that we learn from Peter. We've looked at some of, some of the great lessons that we learn 
And today we're going to spend a majority of our time on why I would consider him an unlikely hero, an underdog of the Bible. And I hope that the lesson will be helpful to you. We may not finish it today. Uh, As I was looking at what I had prepared, I don't know that we can fit all of it into 30 minutes or less, really. But we'll do our best. And so I invite you to join us on this journey. Before we get into our lesson for today, let's begin, as we always do, with a word of prayer. Our holy and righteous Heavenly Father, we thank you for the many blessings that you have given to us. We thank you for this day. We thank you for the time, the opportunity that we have been given to study your word together. We pray that we would recognize the lessons that that are given to us, that we would learn from them, that we would apply them to our lives, and may they help us to be better Christians. May they help us to be stronger. Help us to set a good example for those around us. And we also pray, Father, that you would especially bless us in this difficult time that we live in with the coronavirus and and with so much uh, racial unrest and and just so much going on in our world uh, these days. We pray, Father, that you would help us through these times to remain faithful to you always. Help us to lead lost souls to you and to do whatever we can in your service. We thank you for your son, for his sacrifice for our sins, for all that that sacrifice means to us, all that Jesus means to us, the hope that comes through him, the great example that he set. We are thankful for everything. We're thankful for your love. It is through Jesus that we humbly pray. Amen. As we get into our lesson today, I want to just take a moment to recap on the things that we have already discussed, and then we can move on to, again, why Peter is an underdog of the Bible. We discussed Peter as a hero. He was a hero of the Bible, and he had many great moments that we remember. One of the first that we began discussing is that Peter was a chosen apostle, not just an apostle, not just a disciple, but he was one of the chosen 12, one of the chosen that that were given a specific work, that were readied to establish the church upon the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. They were the ones that, that, that were given that great responsibility of teaching the gospel, teaching the things that Jesus had taught them in life. They were to share those things with the world, and they did. Peter was one of those great men that was chosen. We also read that that Peter was the one who, uh, like we said uh, a moment ago, we mentioned that Peter was often Uh, the first to speak. And sometimes that wasn't a bad thing. And in Matthew chapter 16, we read that he is the one that gives the great confession that you are the Christ, the son of the living God. It was Peter 
who preached the great gospel sermon on the day of Pentecost, uh, what we might refer to as the first gospel sermon. He shared with the, the Jews on the day of Pentecost, the ones that had gathered in Jerusalem, he shared with them the message that Jesus had given his, his 12. And there were 11 at that time. Of course, Judas Iscariot um, had gone and hanged himself following his betrayal of Jesus. But it is Peter that stands up in the midst of them. And it is he that when asked the question, men and brethren, what shall we do? He gave them the answer in Acts 2 and verse 38. Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission, the forgiveness of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And we are told that those who gladly received his word were baptized. And that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. Acts 2 and verse 41. We read of his redemption in John chapter 21, beginning with verse 17, when Jesus uh, had confronted him the third time, saying, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Peter was grieved in his heart because of the question. And, and he said to Jesus, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And Jesus gives him the reply. Feed my sheep. Feed my lambs. Tend my lambs or my sheep. Feed my sheep. Jesus, we see, is um, there is just so much packed into John 21. But think of it. Three times that Jesus asks him the same question or at least a similar question. And three times Peter answers in a very similar way. You know that I love you. And Jesus tells him, feed or tend my lambs, feed my sheep. Three times the same number as the denial that Peter uh, with which Peter denied Jesus. We read about that later on. But we see his redemption here. And, and Jesus goes on to tell him how he is going to die. That that someone else is going to, to do things to him that, that he does not want done. By tradition, we understand that, uh, or at least we believe, that Peter was hung on a cross upside down because he did not want to die like his Lord. So much is packed into John 21, the, the, the words that, that Jesus uses, uh, the fact that he refers to him three times as Simon and not Peter, as Jesus had told him in time past, you are Peter. Now back to Matthew 16, for instance. But Peter, in that moment, wasn't the rock that the name Peter meant. 
And we see that, that he, he experiences redemption. This is where Jesus brings him back, so to speak. And he is brought back into the fold as never before. Stronger than he ever had been. Was he perfect? No. But he was a changed person. He, he was not the same man who had had betrayed Jesus in denying him. Peter was much different. We see that, that he is, uh, I believe I mentioned it last week, that he is a champion of spiritual growth. And I think that that's a, a very fair estimate of him because Peter throughout his life was constantly growing, was constantly improving. He was a hero. He is a hero to us today. But it was not without much difficulty and much growth. And and so I want to spend the, the rest of our lesson talking about the growth that Peter experienced. Some of the the. The, the defining moments that built him up, that, that strengthened him. You know, sometimes we are strengthened by the temptations and the trials of life. That they prove as a testing ground for us in a very special way. And a lot of the things that Peter experienced, that's exactly what was going on. He was being tested. And through these tests, he grew and he grew and he became a great person, a great influence in our lives even today. And so as we look at Peter as an underdog, I want want us to begin in John 1. John 1, and we're going to pick up reading at verse 40. And this is where we we first read of Peter. We read of him in the other Gospels, obviously, but but this is one of the the first, if we're putting everything in chronological order, then this is where we first read about Peter. We see that he was brought to Christ by his brother, Andrew. One of the two who heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his own brother Simon and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which is translated the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. Now, when Jesus looked at him, he said, You are Simon, the son of Jonah. You shall be called Cephas which is translated a stone. We translate that name as Peter. And that's exactly what Jesus is saying. You are going to be known by another name, a name that means stone, because you are going to be a stone. There are so many places in Scripture that we can look back to, and we find name changes And a name change often signifies a change in the life of the individual. Abram to Abraham. Abraham, as he moves forward throughout his life, 
he exhibits a great deal of faith in God, a faith that beforehand we are not told much about up until he becomes older and he is told to leave his home. And he does so. And when he does, we see that that there's a point in his life where he is a changed individual and he deserves a name change for that reason. We also discussed a few weeks ago, Jacob, whose name was changed to Israel. That was following his wrestling with the angel or with God. And Jacob came away from that a changed person. And he did put his faith in God more so than ever before. And we see that that his people, the people that come after him, his descendants are known as the children, not of Jacob, but the children of Israel. Names are very important, and we see significance in name changes. And when Jesus speaks to him, he tells him what he is going to be, a stone, Cephas, Peter. You are going to be a stone, but he wasn't there yet. And there were many things in his life that helped establish him as a stone in the kingdom of God. And not the cornerstone uh, that, that Jesus was in the foundation. Uh, there are some people who believe that the church is founded on Peter. And that's not what Jesus was saying in Matthew 16 at all. But he was telling them that the church was going to be established on the faith that was exhibited by Peter when he made the great confession that you are Jesus the Christ, the son of the living God. It is upon that faith that the church is founded today. And it is upon that faith that we baptize individuals and we have them confess. Do you believe that Jesus Christ is the son of the living God? And the reason that we have them confess that publicly before others, before we baptize them, is because the Bible said to But it is also to uh, make sure that we are baptizing them for the right reason and upon an established faith within them. So this is where we begin reading about him. Jesus tells him, you are going to be a stone, but he is not there yet. And there are many places throughout the Gospels where where we kind of go back and forth on his name sometimes. But for the most part, he is referred to as Simon. When he is referred to as Peter, it's very interesting to me that, that at least it seems in my mind that when he is referred to as Peter, it is when he does something of great significance. Uh, something that we can learn from, something uh, that is uh, just a powerful message. Those are the things that we learn from his life. But we move forward and we look at Matthew 14. Backward if you're looking in the Bible, but but forward in chronology and, and looking at these things in chronological order. Matthew 14, verses 22 through 33 And here we read of Peter and Jesus 
walking on the water, walking on the sea. In Matthew 14, beginning with verse 22, we read, Immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side, while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now, when evening came, he was alone there, but the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. And in verse 25, Now, in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a ghost. And they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. So he said, Come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to think, he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately, Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Then those who were in the boat came and worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. Now, there are many great lessons that we can learn from Matthew 14. First of all, take into account the lessons that, that Jesus teaches. Notice that, that he had sent the multitudes away. And what did he do? He went up on the mountain by himself to pray. And when evening came, he was alone there. Much can be said of Jesus going to be by himself to pray. Now, you may have certain times in the day that you pray. Maybe it's with meals. Uh, maybe you, you have um, that carry on that tradition that is instilled in, in a lot of us as children uh, by our parents or even our grandparents. I know that, that I was always raised in, in such a way that we gave thanks for the food before we ate it, whether it be at dinner or any other time. Uh, I was taught to, to do that. And so I continue doing that even today. And I think it's a good thing that we recognize the blessings of God in providing for our needs, not just in food, but in other ways as well. But sometimes it's also good for us to be alone to pray. Because, you know, I know that just from my personal experience, and I'm not always the best at doing this myself, 
but I, I try to to have certain times that I pray. For instance, in the early morning, as I'm driving to work, I usually instead of of having the radio going, I will will just be in my own thought, be in my own element other than driving, and I'll usually pray. I pray for those on on our our church prayer list. I I pray for those who I know are in need of prayer. I, I pray for the day. I pray for those that that I am going to be working with. That's a good time to for me to pray, and so I try to make that a, a consistent thing. Uh, in the morning, as I open up our our building at, at Sportscom where I work, I have to get the cash drawer out and. And we have what we we call the safe room because the safe is in it. And so I'll go in there and and get the money and bring it to the desk. And usually before I leave that room, I take just a brief moment to try to pray uh, once again for those that that I work with and to pray for the day ahead, that, that God will give me the strength to face it. And I try to have other times in my life that I pray, but but sometimes I'm not always the best at taking moments alone, uh, unless I'm usually here at the church building when I'm in my office where I am now. Uh, I can have a better time really to to just focus on my thoughts and to focus on lessons and, and things of that nature, and it's a great time for me to pray. But outside of that, I don't always do the best. And so we need to take time in our day and in our week, have a regular time, if you can, to simply be by yourself to pray. And that's just one of the lessons that that I thought of, and much more could be said of it. But before we run out of time, uh, let's try to get to Peter here. Uh, We see that Jesus came to them walking on the water. And they look out and they see the the image of him, but they do not know who he is. And they are fearful. They they think it is a ghost. And how comforting are are the words going to be? Be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter wants to walk on the water. He wants to be like Jesus. Jesus. And he wants to do what Jesus can do. And he says, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And Jesus doesn't tell him, you're going to fall. You're going to sink. He tells him, come. Because in that moment, Peter has the faith that is necessary to walk on water. And he does. But when he sees the wind, when he is distracted by his surroundings, like we often can be, he becomes afraid. And he says, Lord, save me. To his credit, Peter had the faith to get out of the boat, to walk on the water. And he had the knowledge that Jesus could save him. And so he turned to the one who could save him. And he says, Lord, save me. And Jesus does so. He stretches out his hand and he catches him. And he says, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? He had great faith in the beginning. His faith wavered. 
and the doubt caused him to sink. But Peter turned to the right place. He turned to the one who could save him. And when we are distracted by the winds and and when we are distracted by life and, and the storms that we often face, let us never forget to turn to the one who can save us, Jesus the Christ. And we are out of time for today, but I thank you for, for being with me. I thank you for, for studying with me. And I invite you to come back next week, Lord willing, at 11 a.m. on Tuesday. I, I look forward to this time every week, and I, I hope you do too. And, and again, go to our website if you've not done so already, and we would love to hear from you. But I hope that the lesson has been encouraging to you. I look forward to being with you once again very soon. But until we meet again, may God bless you.